Congratulations to Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns on winning the NBA's Western Conference. And welcome to the Thursday, July 1st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Happy July, everybody. We got you covered with a variety of action, including tonight's Eastern Conference Finals matchup. So settle in, and we're going to set you up in the next 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome one, welcome all to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Not many people know this, buddy, but on the show Bet, you and I do on ESPN Plus and all the streaming platforms on ESPN, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. At the beginning of the season, you pick the Phoenix Suns as your surprise team. You like them for a variety of reasons. I don't know if you like them winning the West, but kudos to you on being ahead of the curve with CP3 and the boys from Arizona. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Chris Paul's always been one of my favorite point guards of all time, one of my favorite players. Um, and I just know the legitimacy he's immediately brought to each and every team that he has joined. I certainly didn't see this coming. I thought the uh, bar for, you know, a successful season, so to speak, was exceeding their win total, which I was, you know, heavily invested in. They certainly did that. Um, I was surprised they could win the division, you know, be as high as a two seed and, of course, now represent the West and the uh, NBA Finals. But um, Devin Booker uh, was should have been stamped a long time ago despite the bad teams he played on. And I think the same can be said for Chris Paul. I think his individual legacy has been negatively affected by things out of his control, mostly the teams he's played on and um, some lack of playoff success that wasn't necessarily his fault. So happy for him, happy for my son's uh, bets this year. And uh, I think they're going to win it, actually. I, whoever comes out of the East, I don't care. Whether Giannis or Trey is healthy or not, I think the Suns are the best team left. Western Conference Finals have concluded, so let's turn our attention to the Eastern Conference Finals, where Game 5 is tonight in Milwaukee. Series tied 2-2, Bucks laying 2, total of 215. Uh, Giannis has been listed as doubtful due to the hyperextended knee. Trey Young, Clint Capella both listed as questionable. A lot up in the air here. We'll get the props in a moment, but when it comes to the side and or the total, what are you thinking right now? All right, let's rip through this. I like the Hawks side. Without Giannis, it seemed like um, Milwaukee was certainly mentally deflated. Now, they hear that there's no structural damage, but I think they know, and I'm just speculating based on what I saw, that Giannis won't be able to play near 100% if he's able to see the floor at all for the rest of the series, no matter how long it goes. And he'll probably be compromised physically for as long as the Bucs are in this playoffs, even if they reach the NBA Finals, and that goes seven games. That's just what my eyes told me. I'm no doctor, but that's the way I'm going to be handicapping. So I like the Hawks plus the points. I think there's a chance Trey Young plays, and that certainly helps. And I just think that the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis are, are not as good a team as the Atlanta Hawks, even if the Hawks don't have Trey Young. I'm going to play under 215 and a half. Again, Young might be compromised. Um, no Giannis there. More attention will be paid to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Despite the usage increase, they'll see um, Nathan Milling's defense can focus on them. So Hawks plus the points under 215 and a half. All right. So you and I uh, and Doug and everybody else involved, anyone who bets sports, you have varieties of ways you go about your bets, ways you handicap, ways you make decisions, and then ultimately how much you're going to end up playing. There's so much up in the air here that any bet I'd be making on the side of the total is going to be less than a unit, half unit, small wager sure. if I get involved at all. Now, I am going to yeah. get involved in the side, and I'm going to play Milwaukee. And generally, I would throw a lot of numbers at you. I try to throw a lot of analysis, back it up. 
Honestly, I think what's going to happen here is that the public is going to be all over Atlanta and I'm going to bet against the public. That's it. Okay. I'll be completely transparent Fair with enough. the approach here. I, the Bucks are laying two after a despicable performance and Giannis is hurt. And I think everyone's going to do, a lot of people, I'm not necessarily talking about you. You spend your time studying this all over the place. But for people who just randomly wake up and say, I want to make a bet on a game like this, if you're not going to put the elbow grease in, it's understandable. That's how I used to be when I was younger with it. Um, but ultimately, I think the mindset of a lot of people for this game is going to be to just look at this and to see that Atlanta thrashed Milwaukee in the last game. There's no Giannis. The Bucs are screwed. Atlanta's going to win. And time and time again, it, it, we just see a complete boomerang effect where you get the absolute opposite result of that. Um, I'm not overly confident where I'm going to play a huge bet, but I'm going to sit back and I think it's going to be an overwhelming onslaught of Atlanta money. And as a result, I'm going to play the Bucs. They're at home. The role players play better at home as we hear in the playoffs each and every year. You're going to need your role players tonight. I'm going to dabble with the contrarian side by just playing Milwaukee minus two. Now, when it comes I, to the player prop, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I'm verbose, so don't call me a hypocrite or do, but you spent a lot of time and a lot of words just saying, I'm going to take the Bucks because Tyler, you're a noob. <laughs> Tyler, you're a square, and I'm fading Fulton. That's all you needed to say there, Fortinball. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, I really could have just been like, okay, so you like Atlanta. That means I like Milwaukee. Moving on. <laughs> you're a square like the rest of the public. No, nah, man. You, look, no. I mean, it's not going to be surprising. Atlanta's six and three on the road this postseason, and they won game seven in Philly, and there's no Giannis. It's not going to be a surprise to watch them go to Milwaukee and win this game. They won game one with Giannis on the court. Guy's yeah, a two-time right. MVP, so right. it wouldn't surprise me at all. Look, I've been wrong on plenty of bets. Losing this one would be new for me. Uh, what My do you think of it's level not 100% either on the side, <laughs> just so it'll be a less than a unit bet for me as well. I have All a little right. bit more confidence on the player prop side because, as you know, when I look at player props and a guy with the usage, the stat line, 30 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists a game, some, when, when that type of player is gone, as is the case with Giannis, that's a lot of production that's left on the floor for others to soak up. Naturally, in Milwaukee, we know the um, the order of uh, of the chain of command there, so to speak. After Giannis is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, they're going to soak up the bulk of that usage, the bulk of that scoring responsibility, rebounding responsibility, and uh, play initiation that Giannis can give you. So, with thirty plus points on the floor, I'm going to play the over uh, on both uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, but. My more confident or more comfortable bet is with Drew Holiday simply because he just has a lower threshold to clear. His point prop is 22 and a half. Middleton's is 27 and a half. Both of them are basically going to split up what Giannis leaves on the floor. So I'll just go with the guy who is going to probably score. Both these guys are going to score about 75% of the points for this team tonight. So I think they're going to be about even. Holiday just has the lower threshold. I think both get over but I am touting Holiday just because it's a lower threshold at 22 and a half than Middleton, which I believe is 27 and a half. Okay. A lot of the same rationale will lead into my player prop there. And it's going to be Drew Holiday over one and a half steals. Doug's been playing this with Terrence Mann in the other series. It didn't hit last night, but it had been successful for him prior to that. I'm going to jump on it here with Holiday. It's one and a half, not a half. And the overs minus 115. Look at Holiday at home in the playoffs. 13 steals in seven home games. Look at him on the road. Seven steals in eight road games. All right, better at home. And tonight, 
The usage rate's going to be up. The minutes are going to be up. This is a huge game. This is game five at home. You cannot lose this game. I think you're going to see them going all out on both ends. This is that Giannis is down. We need to rally the troops. We need to come together. We need to play as one. And I think on the defensive end, these guys are going to be flying around. So Drew Holiday over one and a half steals. Bogdanovich is also one and a half steals. I'm contemplating playing the over there as well. He's been racking up a ton of steals in the postseason. Two or more in five of his last six games. And if Trey Young's back tonight, they won't need him as much offensively. So he can put a little extra effort in on the defensive end of the court if he wants to do that, if people want to consider that as well. Let's go to the diamond. Anything in baseball strike your fancy today or tonight? Yeah, I've been playing this a lot recently. Um, unders at Coors Field. And you think that's crazy, but my rationale is the Rockies offense isn't so dynamic that they're going to be involved in a lot of shootouts and their pitching is actually a little bit better than you would give credit for. They play my Cardinals at Coors Field. And I, as you know, as I've been telling you the past couple of weeks, the Cardinals team is in disarray. Their offense is just not delivering uh, despite adding someone like Nolan Arenado. They're near the bottom of the, of all of major league baseball in key categories. Their OPS for the month of June was abysmal. It was like 620. So everyone was basically Cesar as tourists in the Cardinals lineup. Uh, so <laughs> So basically what I'm going to do is uh, play the under there. Adam Wainwright's in the bump for the Cardinals. He's been their best pitcher this year outside of Jack Flaherty, of course, who was hurt. Wayno can still get it done. Uh, the altitude will not bother him and his curveball because he doesn't rely on anything besides Guile and Finesse now, and he's still pretty good. And then you have Antonio Cinzatella of the uh, Colorado Rockies, who has had a decent year, um, but most of the struggles for him have actually come on the road. What's incredible is that his home road splits this year are what you would expect to be reversed. Uh, really? He is, yeah. At home this season, he's got a 3.91 ERA. On the road this season, he's got a 6.35 ERA. His whip is 1.8 on the road. His whip at Coors Field is 1.245. He's not just a better pitcher at home at Coors Field. He's a markedly better pitcher. He's a righty who doesn't strike out a lot of bats. That scares me a little bit. But he gets ground balls. And, uh, again, being at Coors Field, where for whatever reason he's just been more comfortable this year, I'm going to play the under at Coors Field. It's 11 runs. And you have a Rockies offense that is just meh. You have a Cardinals offense that is absolutely statistically bad. And you have a pitcher for Colorado who does well at Coors Field. And Adam Wainwright has had success at Coors Field. So under 11, I know it's, you don't like it at Coors, but I don't think we have two offenses we love in this game environment. Interesting cap. I like it. Most people think cores, they think high scoring and you get a lot of big numbers. As a result, there can be opportunities where there's value on the under job. Well done. I've got two. I'll throw your way. Cincinnati is minus 115 against the San Diego Padres today. I would lay it with the Reds. It's going to be real easy to look at the Padres to see that they're underdogs, to see that they're facing Luis Castillo and to say to yourself, oh my God, I got to jump all over the San Diego train. Ask yourself, why are the Padres dogs here, right? That should be the first red flag. Now, Luis Castillo, if you just look from above, has been awful this season, right? But I want you to split that up between everything that happened prior to June and then what happened in June. Prior to June, 42 earned runs allowed in 52 innings pitched, ERA of 7.22. He has settled down over the last month of the season, ERA of 1.71 in the month of June, six earned runs over 31 innings pitch. He's back in form. And as a result, you're getting a very good price on him today. Padres three and nine over their last 12 road games. They're going to turn to the lefty Ryan Weathers. Weathers is the opposite of Castillo. Prior to June, 
He had a 1-3-1 ERA during the month of June, 5-5-4 ERA. It's through the roof. I take a shot there. That's why the Reds are favored. And I think you got to read between the tea leaves on that one. Lay the 115 with Cincinnati. Another one you and I talked about before the podcast that we both are on, it's the Giants run line, minus one and a half, plus 110 over the Diamondbacks. There's not a lot of analysis that needs to be done on how bad the Diamondbacks are. <laughs> I want you to focus on San Francisco. All right. They just lost both games in a two game series against the Dodgers. They're now on a three game losing streak. It's just the second three game losing streak they've had all season. But the key is they had off yesterday. They have been incredible when they're coming off an off day. 11 and two this season off an off day with nine straight winners. And the fact that they've lost three straight and two of those were against the Dodgers has to infuriate them. So I think you're going to get an incredible effort from this team today. Johnny Cueto is going to go for the Giants, 3.63 ERA. He's got a high floor is what I'd say about him at this point in his career. He's allowed more than three runs in just three of 12 starts. So you've got a high floor. I'm not going to say a high ceiling. I'm going to say a high floor. Merrill Kelly's going for Arizona. He's faced the Giants twice this year. The, the Diamondbacks lost both those games. Uh, Kelly gave up six earned runs and just nine innings pitched, and the Giants crushed right-handed pitching this year. So Giants minus one and a half over the Diamondbacks. Anything you wanted to add on that? Because I know you were hot on it as well. No, I mean, uh, just pick on the Diamondbacks, pick on the Orioles, especially with a team that I think is still undervalued in the market. The, uh, the Giants, like you said, they have the uh, best record and maybe what people thought would be the most difficult division um, in baseball. So very impressed with them. I'm not going to start fading them now. What do you mean, fade the Orioles? They just swept Houston. They <laughs> won. Not I did lose a couple of tickets. I did lose a couple of tickets this uh, these last few days with those Houston Astros betting on them, especially to bounce back oh, against Harvey. So, what's going on there with Houston? But these will happen over the course of one sixty-two. You stay yeah. the course, Joe Fortenbaugh, when it comes to the Orioles and the D-backs. That's a great note to end the podcast on. How we both lost Matt Harvey Day yet again. All right, that's it for today. 10 minutes of the bets you guys needed, as promised. Do us a favor, subscribe, rate, and review if you get a chance. Helps us out in a big way. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Best of luck tonight. <laughs>